Hello. Thank you, everyone, so much for joining me here on the High Ground Podcast. Uh, I'm super excited because we're talking Obi-Wan Kenobi today, and he is one of my favorite Jedi. He was my favorite for a very long time, but uh, I have to admit, I think my love for Plo Koon has, has peaked. Totally um, understandable. But I legitimately don't have a good reason for it. I just love Plo Koon. Anyways, <laughs> we were talking uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I have uh, a bunch of awesome, you know, TikTok creators and cosplayers. Um, and I wanted to start by kind of going around, and I'll have you guys introduce yourself and, uh, you know, kind of tell us who you are and your history with Star Wars and why you love Obi-Wan. Uh, I will kind of go in a circle here, so I'll start with uh, Holly. Okay. Uh, hi, my name's Holly. Um, my history with Star Wars has been basically, I kind of feel like my whole life, um, my uncles and aunts and my mom, they all watch Star Wars. So it's kind of been in my life through, I guess, osmosis most of the time, just <laughs> absorbing it. Um, but I didn't really start getting into it actively until I was about 10 years old. Um, that's when the, they started talking about the prequels. They were going to start making the prequels. And so I was able to go to the theater and see those. And that's kind of when my, that really kickstarted my, my love for it. So um, also it reinstated my love for Obi-Wan. Um, I remember seeing him the first time in A New Hope and he was like the first Jedi we ever see. And that was mind blowing to me. So um, it continued on when I saw him in the prequels and it's just been a pretty much everlasting love, me and Maul. <laughs> awesome. And uh, Jason Alibo? Yeah, hello there. Um, so my name is Jason. I, um, my love for Star Wars began as a kid. I, I'm going to guess I'm the oldest person here. I'm 51. So I actually saw A New Hope uh, in the theater uh, when I was very oh, young nice. and became a Star Wars fan like instantaneously. Um, it's, it's a cliche to say, but Star Wars changed everything. Um, and it, it really did, especially growing up. <laughs> um, as I got older, I grew a beard. And at the same time, I joined uh, the Rebel Legion as a uh, generic Jedi, but everyone called me Obi-Wan. So uh, I don't know if you guys know uh, the Rebel Legion, but um, you know, they visit like children's yes. hospitals, Ronald McDonald House, and their costumes have to be screen accurate. So I turned my generic Jedi into Obi-Wan. I researched his costume, his boots, his food capsules on his belt. I mean, it has to be pretty screen accurate. And I've been Obi-Wan in a Red Legion for about, I think, four or five years. And uh, I just, he's just such a great character. Um, I Obviously, I grew up with Alec Guinness, but I mean, you mm -hmm. McGregor brought so much to that character. He almost redefined him. And so um, I do like playing him. I love when all my friends call me General. And um, <laughs> I'm excited, excited to be here. So thanks for the invite. Yeah, awesome. I, yeah, I've I've always seen your cosplay uh, and you and and the Anakin that you you do a lot of stuff with, and you guys look fantastic. Um, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. And last but certainly not least, we have uh, we have Pat. Uh, yeah. Same question to you. Um, I guess it like Holly said, I I just only remember Star Wars growing up as a kid, watching the the recorded VHS tapes that my parents had just over and over again, and then. It just continued from there, like growing up, reading the, the Legends novels, and, mm -hmm. and then the, clo uh, the prequels came out, and then it just, it, it's, it's been going ever since. So, and just, Obi-Wan is just, he's awesome. Like, um, 
he's uh, he's just a genuine per- like he's so relatable and genuine and Alec Guin- I, I I grew up with Alec Guinness and then when Ewan McGregor came out it was like he like like Jason said he like reinvented the character like brought something yeah. new to it like you get to see Obi Wan as a young young uh, right Padawan so he yeah he's he's just great. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean for for me it's uh kind of the same thing where especially watching a new hope obi-wan defines what a jedi is you know for us like he informs us that this is the bar and we have to watch luke achieve it and then surpass it or whatnot but he is he is the bar and so that's why i've, I've always been always been a huge fan um also, I have to ask, let's see here. You guys, think, Jason, you kind of touched on it, but I have to ask, when you think of Obi-Wan, who do you think of? You and I knew that question was, yeah. I, hate, <laughs> I mean, Alex Guinness really invented the role, but when you say Obi-Wan, I think of you and McGregor. Um, again, he, he just expanded that role 10 times. And um, love Alex Guinness. And, um, but yeah, I think you and McGregor, you and McGregor always that role. Yeah. Uh, same thought, Pat. Um, can I say all three? Can I say Alec Guinness, Ewan McGregor, and, oh. and James Arnold? That's the cop out. But they each brought <laughs> they each brought so much to the character. Like James through the animated series, Alec in the first three, and then Ewan in the prequels. Like they all did a great job with him. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I do like um, uh, James Arnold. I forgot he was in the mix. But yeah, he does so well with that voice, and um, I I just love how he sounds. He he again, he makes the character his own. He's not Ewan McGregor. Yeah. He's not Alec Guinness. He just makes his own voice. Um, in in the Rebel Legion, we're not required to speak with accents or or sound like the characters <laughs> that we play. But I I try my best, and the character that I fall into is James Arnold Taylor. Uh, his oh, Obi Wan, and it just it just happens. But sometimes. I slip into a 3PO or a Ringo uh, star from the field. But I heard, it, I heard an interview with James Earl Tickler. I heard an interview with him that Dave Filoni said, I love how you're doing this voice, but just you need to add a, just a little bit of Ringo star into that. And I'm like, oh my God, I slipped into Ringo. So I must be pretty close. And I'm That's not awesome. Say that, but um, but uh, yeah, I do. I forgot about James Earl Taylor. He's, he's also, again, great. But when you yeah. say the character, I think it was just really yeah, I think just the thought that Ewan McGregor gave to the character. I mean, there if you watch the behind the scenes, there's a point where they show where he'd made a reel of just Alec Guinness yep. saying all of yep. his lines and then tried to pattern after that. And like, he just really understood the character. And when you love a character so much and you see the actor also puts that love into the character, it just it just makes it for me. Yeah. But to your and point, I, uh, I was a Star Wars fan, so that really... Yeah. Yep. Yeah, lifelong fan. You know, uh, a relative of Wedge and Tilly's. Yep. Um, yep. And I, I'm I'm also in agreement. Uh, I think Ewan McGregor, and more like more than that, I feel like Ewan McGregor is Obi Wan, like the other way around. Like when I hear him talk, I'm like, who? Who are you? <laughs> That's Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I love it. I know I kind of I kind of skipped around, but um, I also want to us uh, talk about because uh, 
Obi-Wan is also the ultimate badass, right? He's the first person to take down a Sith in a thousand years without really knowing that they still existed. He took, he was the only person capable of taking down General Grievous and he took down Anakin. Um, Of course, he's had many other duels and we're going to get to them all, but I also just want to, just to set pace so I can get to know all of you guys, want to hear your guys' favorite duels were. And I'll start with uh, with Pat this time. Favorite duel? Um, You can go into Clone Wars or whatever. Oh, I'm going. Um, I'm going to go the Maul Savage fight in Clone Wars. Like, uh, when he... He's fighting them in a confined space, um, and then he—I uh, forget what, what what line does he say? He says, um, "I forget what he says," but he says something that he pulled that he ignites the second lightsaber, and it's like, "Oh man, he's using two lightsabers!" <laughs> and the only way they stop him is by force pushing him down a hallway. So he and it—it it was cool because in the middle of the fight, you see him like look at Savage's leg and knows like, "Okay, I'm going to take him out this way, cut off his arm." Yeah. And that'll like it's he's just so smart. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's like the ultimate troll Jedi as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, Holly, <laughs> um, that is so tough. Um, I do agree that the <laughs> fight that he had with Savage and Maul was really, really awesome. And when he teamed up with Ventress to fight them, <laughs> that was great. Um, but yeah. for me, what makes a lightsaber duel is not necessarily the choreography of it but the emotional weight that it carries and I feel like the duel with Qui-Gon and Maul in The Phantom Menace was one of the biggest turning points for Obi-Wan as a character and pretty much defined the rest of his life and consequently Anakin's and so that's why it's one of it's my favorite because it just it carried so much weight and it defined so much yeah awesome (laughs) Jason um, it's not one of my favorites, but it's definitely one of the most, for me, one of the most memorable is um, the deep cut. It's uh, Obi-Wan and anytime he fights uh, Ventress. Um, I just like the flirty nature they have yeah. when they fight. Um, you know, I think even in the Clone Wars movie, he's, uh, he loses his lightsaber for a sec and he's like, oh, well now I'm impressed. And um, for, you know, Ventress, you know, I thought this mission would be unpleasant and she's like, the pleasure's all mine, Obi-Wan. I just love the flirty nature between those yeah. two. Um, mm-hmm. Again, there, there are probably better lightsabers that are more my favorite, but I just love that connection between those. So that's why I choose. Uh, so that being said, I guess the Clone Wars cartoon movie uh, Obi Wan event. Yeah, uh, their, their their rides are awesome, and I don't know if uh, any of you guys have read the book Dark Disciple, um, but yeah, but they are going to. It's it's about um, Quinlan Voss and Anasaj Ventress, but he warns Quinlan about because he's like Voss's handler in this because Voss is undercover. And he's like, uh, she's gonna. It's kind of weird. Like you gotta flirt with her when you fight her. <laughs> like, he literally tells her to flirt. <laughs> tells him to flirt with her. <laughs> it just always it always makes me laugh, um, and yeah, there's there's a lot of awesome fights. Um, the OG fight, though, I, I have to say, still lives rent-free in, in my head of, uh, of Vader, Obi-Wan. I know they're old men. I know they're not doing a whole lot. Uh, what did you think um, What do you think of that re... Um, uh, that, I, I think it was like a fan film or someone reinvented yeah. that fight. Oh, what, what were your thoughts on that one? 
yeah, it's like uh, called scene 43, so scene 34, yeah, yeah. something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's really good. Um, I actually highly recommend everyone checks it out. Um, I am not a big fan of the camera work in it, but the fight itself, uh, th- they kind of use some of the modern techniques of you know moving the camera or shaking it to kind of you know do things, and that's jarring because that's not in Star Wars at all. But um, yeah, it's it's a it's a great addition to to kind of make it more more meaningful, but. Just like knowing that um, that Alec Guinness, you know, walks out and he has this this pole with a stick on it, and so he has to he's right. pointing it straight at the camera so that when he turns it sideways, it makes it look like that it's elongating. I don't know. There's this it's a it's an elegant uh, battle <laughs> from a more civilized <laughs> age. <laughs> I think that dialogue was important in that fight too. Not so much the fighting, just them talking to each other for one last time. Yeah. Yeah. It, and to me, that's kind of like where I land on on most fights. Um, you know, watching Obi Wan fight Maul in Rebels, where oh, it's yeah. it's a, a yeah. mind game where he he baits Maul into doing. He's Obi Wan's just the ultimate troll fighter, and that just makes me super happy. Uh, but yeah, we'll jump into um, Phantom Menace, and also if any of you've read Master and Apprentice, we have some young Obi Wan in there as well don't have to have but uh i do recommend it um currently reading we actually it. get introduced to obi-wan as that's the youngest that we've we've seen him i'm just kind of curious what your guys' thoughts are on uh on young obi-wan what'd you think about it well i, I haven't read the book so yeah i oh, started master, reading but master and phantom, apprentice <laughs> or or just just phantom menace you know okay well i just started reading master and apprentice and it kind of it's very true to who i feel like obi-wan is in the phantom menace and um i just feel like his character is very much i don't i guess i don't know how to say this he was almost not chosen as a (laughs) padawan and he actually he actually wasn't he was sent to like the jedi Mm -hmm. farms i'm pretty sure um and (laughs) He gets to be Qui-Gon's Padawan by almost chance, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of what defines Obi-Wan and his actions and um, Qui-Gon's frustration with him, you know, being very stickler, you know, to the rules kind of thing is his fear that he had from when he was almost not chosen as a Padawan. So I feel like we see a lot of that in younger Obi-Wan, especially when they're standing before the council and Qui-Gon is like, well, I'll train Anakin. And you see Obi-Wan kind of look like, what am I? You know, like, <laughs> hey, how's it going? Do you not see me standing here? Exactly, exactly. I haven't turned into a force ghost yet, right? You know? yeah. We're so, not going to speed past this like you didn't say what you were saying. So I feel like a lot of that you can see in younger Obi-Wan, especially in The Phantom Menace. You know, he's constantly feeling like he's caught between being a Padawan and being a knight. You know, his master is treating him like he's a knight, but he's technically not one, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I was just going to say, um, so I didn't read Master and Apprentice, um, but just looking at Phantom Menace, um, I know... 
uh, George like Lucas likes to do like parallels or I forget what he calls it, where a lot of themes like dance with each other. And um, in the novelization of Phantom Menace, when Obi Wan is running from the battle droid, uh, his lightsaber was broken at that moment. I think he went and got it wet or something, <laughs> and that's why Qui Gon had to ignite his saber and take down the battle droid. And I think he scolded Obi Wan. So it's interesting to see how Obi Wan's lightsaber wasn't working at that moment. And then years later, he'll tell Anakin, "This weapon is your life." Um, he's always yeah. telling Anakin not to be not to be reckless. But in Attack of the Clones, when he sees that bounty droid out the window, <laughs> the first thing he does is jump head first through the window uh, and attack. The, yeah, so it's kind of interesting to see Obi Wan mature, um, especially I think his world's different in Revenge of the Sith versus Phantom uh, Menace. But you can see how he kind of understands Anakin. And how he probably was not wild for some. Oh, yeah, the thing was the team. So, I mean, he definitely veered mm-hmm. off the beaten mm-hmm. path for a bit. Um, yeah, so I know we want. Yeah. And Pat, yeah. yeah. Uh, just kind of like what Jason said, you get to see him mature over the three movies. He ends up, like in The Phantom Menace, he's, he's basically, you know, the reckless kind of going to do what he's going to do. But towards the end, he had, like, and Qui Gon has to, like, reel him in. He ends up trying to become Qui-Gon almost by Revenge of the Sith by telling Anakin, you know, the same stuff Qui-Gon told him. So it was cool to see him just transform throughout the three movies. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I always think back to one of his lines um, in in The Phantom Menace where, you know, he picks up, uh, Qui-Gon picks up um, um, Anakin and he's like, what do I get the feeling if you picked up another pathetic life form? Like, <laughs> Oh, you're kind of a dick right now. <laughs> but but that was <laughs> But that was that was his thing. His master was the one that was always just like doing random stuff and he's like but but the council like think about it. And like, well, you know. <laughs> whatever. Uh and also um well, actually, no. I'll, I'll I'll save that. I'll save that. <laughs> All right. So then, then we jump to um, jump to the next movie, Attack of the Clones, and we get the the Jesus years, right? The the infamous yep, yep, mullet. Yep. Uh, it's it's glorious. Um, <laughs> perfect. That's that's the one. Uh, we'll and I guess we'll, we'll start with with Jason. But I was just curious. You mentioned you know him jumping out the window and grabbing grabbing the the droid thing even after he just told obi-wan like to be patient and like, or he <laughs> right. just told Anakin yeah. to be patient like don't be reckless so he's has that kind of duality where his master and his student are rubbing off on him but just curious what on your thoughts in, in that film because we actually got to see a separate obi-wan journey through camino and, and all this stuff and yeah sure. um i so Attack of the Clones, I know it's not a lot of people's uh, favorite uh, in the prequels. Um, on the DVD or on iTunes, it's, it's broken up in different chapters. And every time the love story begins, if you hit next, it immediately goes to an Obi-Wan scene. <laughs> and so Attack of the Clones could be the, a great Obi-Wan standalone film solving a mystery. Because every time you see, you know, Anakin or Padme, you're like, next, and Boom. So I, there's a, he has a lot of great comic moments in there. Um, you know, it's like, you know, that's why I'm here. And I'm expected. Yeah. The whole thing on Camino, the whole tense scene between him and Django, where he's like, uh, you know, awesome. they, they just, they like, I love that scene. I mean, just like, you know, re, you know, 
you must know Master Sifadius, really, possibly. You know, they have all these like one word, he has these one word exchanges. Um, yeah. And then, you know, um, even and then when he's tied up and Anakin <laughs> and Pat make up, and he's like, we came to rescue, he's like, good job. So he's got a lot of uh, in that movie. Uh, I, again, going back to you, McGregor, I, I'm not going to bash the prequels. I, I, over years, I love them. And the, the Star Wars is Star Wars, and I can't hate any Star Wars. Um, that being said, I feel like you, McGregor, saved the prequels um, in, in a lot of ways. So, uh, again, I think Attack of the Clones is a great Kenobi movie. I even like the scene between him and uh, Dex. I love that scene. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. know in the diner. But it shows oh, that Kenobi so kind of had a life. Had a, kind of had a life outside the Jedi Order. You know, he went for a drink. He he loved, uh, you know, Dex knew him, and he he said, "I got to go to Dex. He's the only one to help me." So that means those two probably had maybe an adventure together at some point. You know, I, I'm always curious how Dex felt knowing that Obi Wan might be. You know, he probably thinks Obi Wan is dead, um, and he doesn't. You know, doesn't come to the diner anymore for Java Juice. Um, so I, I, I do like Attack of the Clones again. Uh, it's a great Kenobi movie. A lot of great comedic lines in that uh, for Obi Wan. Didn't do so well against uh, Dooku, though, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> few, few people do. Uh, Pat? Yeah. Um, like, he, like, like it was said, um, he's, he's trying to still be a master, but he's not listening to his own teachings throughout the whole movie. Like, he jumps out the window after saying, don't be reckless. And, and then as the movie progresses, he gets more and more towards the, like, masterish role. Um, but it's it's interesting to see how he deals with Anakin losing his mother, um, at whatever uh, I guess halfway through the movie. Um, to see it like he he almost he didn't let Anakin grieve a little bit to feel the feelings that he needed to feel, which could have possibly contributed to him starting that slow turn to the dark side that we see in Revenge of the Sith. Um, but yeah, it was the Attack of the Clones isn't my favorite movie, um, but. It's it's got its moments, and you and McGregor makes that that movie better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree, uh, Holly. Um, I think that I like this. You know, like you said, you know, he's constantly telling Anakin, "Don't do anything rash," and then jumping out a window. You know, I I feel like he's constantly he's a character that's constantly torn between two extremes. You know, there's that rebellious young Padawan in him that was you know, almost not chosen and because he was too aggressive, he was too crazy, you know, nobody really wanted him. So he's constantly fighting that and then also trying to be this good, wonderful Jedi, you know, and he's trying to maintain that. And that's very difficult, I think, for him. And you see that in moments like that in Attack of the Clones when he, you know, he tells Anakin, don't do anything rash. And then he jumps out, you know, <laughs> um, I thought that, I think that's really good. I think that's a really good look at his, his character. And I think you and McGregor portrays that beautifully. Um, and then also, you know, like just the one-liners, like that whole movie is full of Obi-Wan one-liners, you know, like, um, you know, oh, and you can possibly, you know, possibly. he's just so sassy. You can tell he's so over, <laughs> over Anakin and his puberty thing, like he's over it. <laughs> so, oh, <man. laughs> but I think it, I think it's a really cool look at his character. Like you said, you know, it's a good murder mystery almost, you know, for, for Obi-Wan. It's a, a great adventure to see him, how he basically just works. And it's surprisingly a lot like Qui-Gon, 
you know <laughs> it's very much like his like his former master so again i just feel like obi-wan is just something somebody that's torn between two extremes always you know like he's torn between anakin and he's torn between the jedi council you know and then it's what's what it's right and what he should do you know that kind of thing yeah <laughs> what was the the quote because uh, he he said what he says to Anakin in the little flying car when he's like, if you worked on your wit, on, on your skills as much as your wit. You, uh, oh, your, uh, your wit as much as the saber, saber battle? Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, I already did, Master. <laughs> oh, yeah. Only in your mind, my young. <laughs> uh, no, I, I love sassy <laughs> Obi-Wan. And, uh, and again, like you were saying, Jason, I love Dex. Like Dex looks one look at this thing and it's like, oh, this is a toxic dart. It's made by uh Kaminan cloners out in the far <laughs> rim. And you're like, how do you know this? Like, what is that guy's history? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I heard complaints like, oh, the diner feels out of place, but you're like, no, he's out of place. He's in some type yeah. of galactic witness protection program. Exactly. He's seen some stuff. That's how old he was um and then yeah that <laughs> him on on camino where he literally has no idea what's happening at any point oh, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like uh yeah uh so yeah i'm here like would you like to see them <laughs> yes Another great Kenobi moment in that movie, and I remember watching it in the theater, and the theater just went hysterical. Was when Anakin is fighting—I um, forget her name—but the shapeshifter uh, bounty hunter, mm-hmm. and his lightsaber goes in the streets of um, Coruscant, and Obi Wan's in his car, and he just reaches up and he just grabs. Yeah. His, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> awesome! He's like, "Why am I even here? This is just ridiculous!" And yeah, and he's like, "I go over this." And the crowd just went nuts. So, yeah. <laughs> um, would you like to buy some death sticks? <laughs> <laughs> another great, yeah, another great one. <laughs> no, I, I do love that. And, I'll, and like you said, it could be edited to be an Obi-Wan movie. And it almost yeah. makes me want to... Um, so a long time ago, someone made a, a, a movie called um, Star Wars Turn to the Dark Side, where they took, it's like four hours long, but basically they took um, a little bit of Phantom Menace and um, they took the entire prequels and edited it down to just be a movie about Anakin, cut out all the other okay. stuff. And it was, it was an interesting idea and I watched it and it's actually cut pretty well, but I wonder if you could cut it so that there's like separate movies or episodes or whatever like that are happening concurrently. I don't know. That might be an interesting side project or something. That um, I think it was called uh, the Phantom Edit, is what it was called. Yeah. I think the Phantom yeah. Edit. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Cool. Uh, I think I have it somewhere on this computer. I'll have to dig it up. Um, but yeah. All right. So then, after Attack the Clones, we jump into the Clone Wars. Right. We got James Arnold Taylor. And God, we got so much awesome Obi-Wan stuff. Because, uh, you know, in, in the movie, the movies can only show so much, right? If you watch Attack of the Clones, um, Obi-Wan and Anakin aren't together for very long. It's, it's, it's very short. 
And then in Revenge of the Sith, they also are not together for very long. Just the, the first scene um, when they're saving the Chancellor, and then they pretty much go their separate ways after that. So we actually really got to see uh, his relationship with the Council, his relationship with Anakin. Um, you know, Anakin being separate from him, no longer a Padawan as well. Um, so does anything jump out at you guys from, uh, from the Clone Wars? And I guess we'll start with Holly. Um, I just like that we got to see them in their relationship as peers, you know, mm -hmm. not master and apprentice. I mean, even though I think that Anakin still felt very much like his apprentice, um, Obi-Wan didn't look at him like that. Obi-Wan saw him as an equal, you know, and that was really cool to see that dynamic in the Clone Wars. And then also to see Obi-Wan's, you know, sassy one-liners when Anakin had his own paddle on and was having to deal with his own things. And, <laughs> you know, it's like, like a grandpa watching a, their, their kid have their own kid and the kid gets sassy and you're just like, yep, that's how it feels. <laughs> so I, thought that was, I thought that was really great. But also I like that we got to explore Obi-Wan on his own you know I think that's the redeeming quality of the attack of the clones is that we got a whole arc with Obi-Wan you know just doing his own mystery thing in the Clone Wars we also get that we get to see his past we get to see more of like Satine we get to more see see more of the things that he has done you know coming to light this I mean even obscure Jedi like Quinlan Vos that not a lot of people may know we get to see his relationship with him you know it makes his world bigger and his character bigger. Yeah, absolutely. Jason? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I love the Clone Wars. I, I agree with Holly. I think, and you, Brandon, that uh, the Clone Wars, it, it really just took their story and just expanded it so much. And, um, you know, again, I'm, I, I love the prequels. I'm not going to bash them because I do like them. But this is the three movies alone. It's, it's lacking a lot that the Clone Wars filled in a lot of holes. Um, something that you were saying, Holly, so on, go on to TikTok for a second. So what me and my friend Rick do, we honestly, we just look at scenes and we probably reenacted maybe 45% of the movie, all the movies at this point. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, we're always trying to come up with new different things. And a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, dude, we're totally forgetting the micro series, the original Clone Wars cartoon mm -hmm. that came out oh, before the one we love. And, 2003 and there's uh and one scene that uh actually rick duetted that we haven't aired it yet but um there's a scene there where um anakin shows up and obi-wan's like you're late and he's like if i'm late for another scolding does it really matter he's like, scolding, <laughs> you're not and and um then anakin says something like well you're no qui-gon jinn and you know anakin's like i mean obi-wan's like and then he takes off his hood and he's like i miss him too and Obi-Wan, uh, Anakin's like, I, I'm sorry, Master, I didn't mean that. And he's like, I miss him too, but not a day goes by that I don't think of him. And I, I see that you are capable of achieving all that he thought you could. And then he says, and this is, this is actually a great moment, in this, and I wish they, re they kept it in the new Clone Wars. And he's, then he says, and it's no longer that we are a master and apprentice, but now brothers. And he enters in the Jedi um, um, council chamber, and they, they cut off his ponytail and he becomes a, a, a Jedi Knight. Um, yeah. But so going, you know, just dealing with Obi-Wan, um, yeah, we get Sabine, we get uh, Maul, um, you know, even uh, the, the whole Maul hatred thing. Again, he killed Maul and, 
it was said, but then I, I don't know what the reasoning they're bringing it back for, but I don't regret that reasoning at all. It, it was great <laughs> to see that. that According to Dave Filoni, he literally just said, bring him back. Dave Filoni walked into his, or George Lucas walked into Dave Filoni's office and said, hey, uh, we're bringing them all back. Figure out how to do that. <laughs> right. So, um, it's great. And, uh, you know, Maul has a great arc from beginning to end, to second ending. But, um, and just Maul killing Satine in front of Obi-Wan and it's like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to make you suffer. I assume eventually he would have killed him if, if no one rescued Obi-Wan, but, um, but yeah, I, it is so many great, I mean, we could come back and do a whole podcast on the Clone Wars cartoons on our favorite yeah. episodes and whatnot. But uh, also all I can really say is that it just really expanded the characters a great deal, the friendship between those two. It really shows the tragedy of Anakin Skywalker. I mean, he was such a great hero. And in the mm -hmm. Mortis arc, he said, you know, I would never willingly turn to the dark side. And it's just really sad um, how they showed why, you know, even more. When he gets shown it. Oh, he gets shown it and he's like, I, you cannot believe what I've seen, what I've become. And it's just so good. Um, even the Mortis arc, we could have a whole. Oh, are you trying to make me cry, man? Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I really fully understand what's happening there. But um, it's, uh, it's so good. And I just love seeing. The friendship between those two uh over there's so many they had a lot of quips too you know he's like obi-wan's like i think we should go this way and anakin's like why do you ask my opinion we never do things my way and obi-wan's like <laughs> and you, just, you just see their friendship and to your point i think brandon you said it in the movie you know they're not together very much in um attack of the clones at all but in revenge of the sith uh, again, looking at me and Rick in our TikToks, I just love those scenes that they're together where he's like, you know, I sense Count Dooku, I sense the trap. Next move, bring the trap. And it's just, I just love, and you've got a lot of that in Clone Wars. And in the Kenobi show, I hope they have a lot of flashbacks, a lot of flashbacks. I want to see more of Ewan and Hayden and that friendship and the joking and the brotherhood. And that's the only way we're going to get it now is maybe if, unless they do another cartoon or if they do a lot of flashbacks in the Kenobi I'll yeah, be quiet yeah, after. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're you're fine. You're Great. fine. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Uh, and, uh, Pat? <laughs> yeah, I think everybody's said all the, the, the key points. Like it, ex it just it expands on their brotherhood and and everything. And the thing that, that I enjoyed about it was that in the Phantom Menace, they introduced the Jedi Council, but you don't really know who they are or like what, like – you don't really get to see them do a whole lot and then in the clone wars you get you know that's like the, their people's love of kit fisto and plo Koon really comes from the clone wars expanding on their characters so sure. that's 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 what i enjoyed outside of what everybody else has already said that you get to see the other jedi on the council and <laughs> learn about them and, and learn to appreciate them yeah <laughs> and uh, you, you also had, had mentioned that the 2003 Clone Wars. Um, can can we agree that that is the most handsome Obi Wan? Like, have you seen him? <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> and also somehow like the most done Obi Wan. Like, yeah. Done constantly. <laughs> like, what is this now? Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, I. I one of my favorite things too is uh, the one episode where 
um, Count Dooku had been captured by Hondo, and then Anakin and Obi-Wan go to catch him, and they get captured too. (laughs) They're all chained together and just like quipping (laughs) quipping at him. Uh, I'm sorry, the Count is very elderly. He'll have trouble keeping up. (laughs) Dooku's like, if I wasn't chained, if if I wouldn't have to drag your bodies, I'd kill you both. (laughs) That's great. That's again, and and technically it's a Jar Jar episode, but I love that Mm -hmm. whole story arc. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And... uh, all right, so I, I have, uh, I guess, two rapid round questions for, for everyone. The first one is, was Obi-Wan ready to become a master when he did? Because he became a master the same night that he was, uh, sorry, not master as a master of the Jedi, but having his own Padawan, right? He essentially got his own Padawan the day he was knighted. Uh, was he ready for that responsibility? Absolutely not. I I don't think so. I think, I mean, I recently have been reading a lot of Obi-Wan comics. I got a Marvel Unlimited subscription. And there's a comic there where he basically tells Anakin, he feels like Anakin got stuck with him. And that he still feels kind of like a Padawan himself. So I do not think he was really at all ready. I mean, I I feel like eventually he got ready, but Mm -hmm. initially I don't think he was ready at all. And Pat, the other side. No, yeah, I I agree. He wasn't he wasn't ready. It showed just in Attack of the Clones by itself that he wasn't listening to his own teaching. So yeah, like he he knew the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but but that was the one he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason. Yeah, it's, it's a question I never thought of before, but yeah, I agree. I don't think he was. I mean, to everyone's point. I mean, he got. He lost his master. Let's pretend some days pass. He lost his master. He gets knighted, and then he's like, "Oh, I guess I'll fulfill my promise to Qui Gon, and I'll take on a student." It's like you barely learned all the lessons yourself, and now you're passing it down to someone. It just seems like he could not have been ready at all, um, and it, it could be some of the reasons why Anakin turned to the dark side. Um, yeah, I don't think he was ready at all. Yeah. Did, did he actually go through the trials or was killing Maul the reason he got knighted? Killing Maul. Yeah. Killing Maul. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was considered his, his trial. Right. Um and uh man, and I, I don't know if you guys have been watching uh, Star Wars Gallery, the you know, making of Mandalorian. Um, we're kinda of dancing around that whole Filoni speech, but Brandon, yeah. yeah. I, I just had to. Had, I mean, it has one. has to come up. Dave <laughs> uh, Filoni has has a speech in that. To anyone watching, if you haven't seen it, I think it's episode two or something like that. But Dave Filoni has this whole speech on the duel of fates and, and what it meant and what a different uh, thing would have been if Qui Gon became his master, because that's the person that was ready, that was able to accept him and probably would have been able to, to teach him. They wouldn't have been, been such such opposites. And so it's, um, yeah, I just love that speech. But uh, he said, he next, something like Qui-Gon, yeah, I'm sorry. He said something like that Qui-Gon was the father that Anakin never had, and Obi-Wan was more like a brother. And Brandon, mm-hmm. you said it a lot earlier, but when he first met Anakin, the first thing he said was, why do I have a feeling we're picking up another pathetic life form so already off the bat 
he's like, you're pathetic. Why am I going to, um, this is just weird. And so, yeah, that whole Filoni speech is really, really good. Yeah. Um, I had, I had posted a TikTok with an interesting theory that if Qui-Gon did become Anakin's master, would he have turned, fa- like, Palpatine no- knew that Qui-Gon had to die. Qui-Gon needed to go because he was the only one that he, that he feared. So say he trains him, you know, and Anakin ends up losing his mother and then his father figure, in, 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 you know, at some point. Like, would losing a father and mother figure affect him more than, than <laughs> anything else? Like, it could damage him more. Sure. That's a good point. That's a, yeah. that's a very fair point. Um, and man, I mean, can we talk about the energy between Qui Gon and Anakin's mom? <laughs> I, I oh, absolutely. I was just seeing some like, <laughs> hey, absolutely. <man. laughs> that good morning, I was not innocent. I <laughs> <laughs> like, see what you're doing. You don't have time for this, all right? Like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Move along. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, next question, rapid question. Corky Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> um, this yes, one, my mind. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Jason on this one. So, uh, was it uh, last year when they announced the Clone Wars was coming back at uh, was that D23 or Comic Con? I said, oh, and this is when I actually thought Ray was a Kenobi. So when they announced the Clone Wars was coming back, I said, oh, this is a great way for them to finally to say that Obi Wan had a secret love child, and that is the parents of Ray. It's great. This is maybe they'll do it. And I'm like, wait a second. Oh my God. Kenobi has a secret love child. And it's Corky. <laughs> and I, honestly, I just figured it out last year. I'm like, how did I not see that? <laughs> she, he calls her auntie. She's about the same age. He looks like her. When he meets Ahsoka, he gets really excited about the lightsaber. He's like, oh, that's a cool laser sword you have there. And I, I'm like, how could I have not seen that? Because his mother's not Bo-Katan, and I don't know the Kree's family tree, but I don't know if there's any other siblings in there to be Corky's mom or dad to be auntie. So, yeah, 100% his child. No doubt in my mind. And I hope maybe they explore that in the Kenobi series. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Pat? <laughs> yeah, no, it, the age, the timeline fits. Everything, everything, everything falls in place to have Corky be, you know, Corky Kenobi. Yep. So yeah, he's 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 Kenobi's kid. <laughs> and uh, Holly, um, I have like a love hate relationship with that theory because essentially what it would entail is that Obi Wan had a child this whole time and Satine kept it from him. Where I feel like if Obi Wan had known, he would immediately been like, "All right, see ya, Jedi Order." You know, like he would have gone and had his had his life with Satine and. And of course, I want that for him. He's my favorite character. I would love to have him be able to have a happy family and not, you know, live in a dust bowl for the rest of his life. <laughs> like what actually happened? Um, so I kind of, I, I love that he would have that, but I hate that what that means that he didn't actually get to have, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I too have, have a love-hate relationship with the theory, but the timeline lines up so well. Um, his his the mysterious sibling that he's supposed to be related to. He's not both hands. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, I mean, for for 
in, in Master and Apprentice, in the epilogue, it actually briefly mentions that, that it happened. And when you look oh. at the timeline, like the timeline would mean that it would have happened like just before the Phantom Menace, which does track pretty freaking well um, with his age, um, especially compared to Anakin and all this stuff. So all the signs point to it. Um, again, knowing how much the Mandalorians value family and things like that, I can't picture um, Satine pretending it wasn't her kid. That's that's the thing that gets me. So I can't picture Satine right. pretending that. But I don't know how their political system is or if she wouldn't have been elected to office had it been true. Um, her hiding it from Obi-Wan does make sense to me because in the Clone Wars, Obi-Wan looks at her and says, if you had asked me to leave the Jedi, I would have. And I can't remember her response was, but basically she understands like, this is what you are meant to be. This is everything to you. There's no way I could ask you that. So that sense, it makes sense. But um, yeah, there's my, my Corgi Kenobi thoughts. I always like to hear how people, how people think of it. Um, so, okay. So then we get uh, to the point of um, we get Revenge of the Sith. Uh, we get Anakin's fall and, and that whole thing. And so that's what that's why I want us to dive into next. I uh, started with Pat last time. So Holly. <laughs> oh man, that's this is one of my favorites of the prequels. Just so much happens in that one movie, especially for Anakin but also I feel like kind of for Obi-Wan. Um, a lot of the uh, deleted scenes in Revenge of the Sith show a lot of their relationship, very similar to what they have in the Clone Wars. And I really wish they would have kept those in and maybe deleted some other things because it completely shows that they were like, like friends. They were equals. They were, you know, on the same wavelength, the same level, you know? And um, I feel like a lot of, the choices that were made by the Jedi Council, I feel like if they had made different decisions and, you know, let Obi-Wan confront Palpatine and let uh, Anakin do something else, there would have been a different outcome. Or if they would have let Anakin and Obi-Wan stay together, there would have been a different outcome. Um, I feel like there was a lot of <laughs> Obi-Wan trying to tell Anakin, like, listen, I'm on your side. You know, he even says at one point, I'm not asking you, the council is. You know, he's trying to make it a distinct, like, listen, I don't agree with this always, and I don't agree with this right now, but this is what's put in front of you, you know? Again, torn between two things, you know, Anakin and the council. I feel like we got to see a lot of that in Revenge of the Sith. And then at the end, we got to see basically him having to go do something that he definitely does not want to do. He even told Yoda, no, I, I can't do that. I absolutely can't do that. And Yoda's like, um, no, sorry. You absolutely have to. <laughs> <You> <laughs> so, exactly, exactly. So that's, it's just, it's emotional on pretty much every level. High stakes, 100%. <laughs> like a cow in stilts. The stakes yep. were never higher. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Jason? Um, it's it's one of my favorite uh, movies. It is my favorite movie, the prequels. Um, in the Rebel Legion, my my Obi Wan is Revenge of the Sith Obi Wan. Um, I agree with everything uh, Holly said. So um, 
I could only just add to this personal stories to it. Um, and there's two, um, and it's rather weird stories, but um, we were doing a hospital troop and they played a montage for May 4th and they had all these people saying May the Force be with you. And it ended with Obi-Wan looking at Anakin from Revenge of the Sith saying, goodbye, old friend. You know, you know, he's, you know uh, it turned, you know, Anakin saying, Obi-Wan, may the Force be with you. And he turns around and says, goodbye, old friend, may the Force be with you. And I don't know what it was. Maybe I was fighting through something, but I just started to well up. I'm like, this is the last <laughs> time they were friends and they just separate. And I'm like, oh my God. And then uh, <laughs> another time, and I tell the story all the time, uh, we were at a Comic-Con, uh, me and my friend Rick Danigan, and somehow we just started really getting into the lines. So, like, we do this all the time. We'll just start shouting out lines. And we had a little piece, some people around us, and I think I... I jumped on a chair and I said, it's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. And we did the whole thing. I pretend to chop off his legs and he's writhing in pain. And it, at one point, Rick says, you know, he goes, I hate you. I started to well up. <laughs> I'm like, That's I'm like, awesome. Here, here is a really good friend of mine who I've grown to just really appreciate and like, and he hates me. And and then I said, "You were my brother, Anakin. I loved you." And I just I'm like, "All right, and we're done." Because I felt like I was really gonna fall. So there's so much emotion in that in that movie mm -hmm. uh, for Obi Wan. Um, the what, the one line I don't like at the end of the movie is when Yoda says, "You got to go to Tatooine and have more training, you know, to commune with the dead." You can, and he's just like he's just all like happy. He's like, "Oh my God, quite on again." <laughs> out of place but um but I, again i can't really expand more than what holly said i think he hit every now on the head you know he didn't want to go after anakin um it was just you know he didn't want to he, he was on anakin's side he didn't want to have to ask him to do that um it was just a hard movie for him and i agree there's a lot of so when rick and i do tiktok we try to find unpopular material so we did a lot of the deleted scenes you know it's a little goofy but when when anakin's Speaking R2 droid. And he's like, oh, right, right, right. Beep, 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 is up. Um, it's just it's just goofiness. There's another scene where they slice up battle droids and they both say Roger, Roger. Oh, I mean, they have this playful <laughs> this playfulness to them, this brotherhood that I, I just love. And again, I, I repeating myself, but I hope we see some of that in flashback in the the Kenobi show because it, it, it I miss it and I wish they went more on it. So yeah, well, your next mission is to start doing content from the uh, from the Chinese bootleg Backstroke of the West. Um, oh my God, I heard about. <laughs> I have heard about that. That's a great call. I will. We will start that. Yes, I uh, I'm actually going to start making some content on that myself. Pat, <laughs> 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 uh, just to add on to what everybody said already. Um, the, again, the clo the Clone Wars just added so much to that movie. It, it, it when you see the Jedi getting killed and the and then having to see Commander Cody shoot down his his general, and it's like it just brings so much more weight to that movie. Mm -hmm. I um, and then knowing Ahsoka's in the background, like on a different planet, feeling all of these this stuff, it just. Uh. It, I don't know if enough is said about like John, like I know people look like John Williams, but his scores are just they add, they, they add so much to the scenes. It's 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 beautiful. It's beautiful to listen to the the soundtracks. 
uh, Star Wars without John Williams is would have been. I don't think it would have succeeded without John Williams. To, to be honest, with you. Um, I especially think of um, you know after Anakin kills all the uh, all the the people on Mustafar, and he's out looking onto the lava, and he has the the Sith eyes, and then you hear the score, and that's it, beautiful. And yeah. like the the notes of that score is kind of what informs Kylo Ren's theme. Uh, later mm-hmm. showing that mm-hmm. he's oh, yeah. based mm-hmm. off of this yep. character and just the yeah the way that it's it's talked i mean but you know if, if you if you watch star wars gallery or any of the the making of then you'll know that he actually has the music in mind when he's writing this stuff you know so it's it's not something added after the fact it's it's a through line um but but yeah i mean like like you guys say uh, this is the movie where Obi-Wan shows the most doneness, in my opinion, mm-hmm. especially in the opening scene when they're both flying. Obi-Wan doesn't like flying. He's really good at it, but he hates it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, like, Anakin is, like, trying to save him and trying to help him, and he's just like, oh, my God, kid. <laughs> like, just, just let me die or whatever. That's preferable. Have you noticed the shields are still up? Like... <laughs> uh, no, I, I I love it so much, but it it also um. I love how smart Obi Wan is, and you can really see that throughout. I mean, all of the films. I, I think about him, you know, saying it's over. I have the high ground. He beat Maul from the low ground. He beat Grievous from the low ground. Why did he say that? He was baiting Anakin to try and jump over him and do the thing mm-hmm. that <laughs> that he did to Maul that I'm sure he's heard that story a thousand times, you know? Um, when he goes and talks to Padme and lets her know, like, what Anakin's been doing, he, he knows she's going to know where he is. Mm-hmm. He talks to her and he baits her into leading him there, you know? And we even see that in throughout the Clone Wars, so, you know, when he's quipping at Maul, just because there was times where, yeah, he, he's at a losing position, and he starts making fun of you, <laughs> and yeah, then you're, you're, like, getting mad, and he gets him a, a little opening, it's a little Spider-Man-esque, uh, but, yeah, I just, I, I love that that portion of him, and um, that whole, uh, oh my goodness, sorry, this is slightly off topic, but we did skip <laughs> over it from Attack the Clones. I just wanted to touch on how amazing the um, the Attack the Clones version of the asteroid belt is, and then the yeah. oh yeah, um, the sound of the seismic charges and stuff like that mm-hmm. is just just gives me That's so awesome, much yeah. happiness, just in general. But yeah, um, another thing to think about, and this someone did a, a TikTok that was got popular based on it is how many times they just leave their robes lying somewhere right yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're always disrobing goes through, he goes through what four in that movie he goes uh, at dooku yeah he has six in the entirety of the prequels that he loses <laughs> but four in that movie alone because it's dooku grievous anakin there's yeah. four times maybe not maybe it's only three uh, yeah, he goes uh, a lot of I can only think of three right now. 
yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It just always makes me laugh. Just like, oh, just leave this here, and I'm not exactly. coming back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, another thing that always just kind of makes me chuckle is in the uh, Revenge of the Sith novelization from uh, Matthew Stover, okay. when you know he he loses his his lightsaber, um, obviously, and Cody's the one that gives it back to him. And in the novelization, he gives it back to Cody. Cody gives it back to him, and Obi-Wan starts climbing up, and then he gets the call for Order 66, and Cody's like, oh, I wish I hadn't given him his bloody lightsaber. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't have told me this earlier? Before I gave you the paper? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this, this makes me, makes me chuckle. Um, but, all right, so now at this point, you know, uh, this this ends, he, he, defeats, he defeats Anakin, um, the next time we see him is in Rebels, and it's it's very brief, but very important. Um, and started with Holly last time, so Jason. <laughs> um, so I'll just say uh, I I I love seeing Kenobi. I, I felt like that whole episode really didn't advance the Rebels plot, but I love mm-hmm. and I love tying up the mall the mall story and seeing Obi Wan. Um, so what you said earlier about the high ground and baiting Anakin to do, do what he did against Maul, knowing he defeat him, and this is this is, I'm not making this theory up. A lot of people say this, but uh, Obi Wan did the same thing with Maul, fighting in the way Qui Gon did. You know, he mm-hmm. stands the exact way, and he knew that Qui Gon was gonna bring his double sword, you know, saber up, to, maybe to bash him in the face, and Obi Wan was just ready. And again, going to Dave Filoni. Uh, you'll he'll talk about why that fight is so brief. He's like, you know, Obi Wan's just a master, like a super master at this point. Um, he just knew he had to beat him just the quickest way possible. He baited him into that maneuver, and it was done. But then you love the fact that he then catches his body, and Maul says, "Is he the chosen one?" And uh, Steven Stanton does the voice, and he says, "He is," and he's like. He will avenge us both. And then Kenobi, you know, he closes his eyes and, you know, I don't remember the music, but I'm sure it was yeah. bad. And, and I don't think they showed him burying Maul, but I'm sure he did. And um, yeah, so so brief it is uh, very powerful and an important chapter in Kenobi's story. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Pat, your thoughts on that? It, it was great. Um... The, the dialogue before they even started fighting, I forget what uh, Maul said, but An- uh, Obi-Wan was like, and all the stuff that I've been through. Like, he's been through so much up to that point with Satine dying and beating Anakin and seeing Anakin fall and everything. He's Qui-Gon passing. It, it's, it, was, it was a great... It, it, was such a, it was cool that it was a brief fight, too. Mm-hmm. It was like three moves and it was over because <laughs> Obi-Wan knew what was going to happen. He baited him into it. He switched into Qui Gon style to be like, okay, you can pull, you can try and pull the same trick on me, but I'm gonna get you. So it was, it was, it was a great little moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I love it, uh, Holly. Yeah, I, um, I agree. I think it was good that it was a, it was a quick little moment. And I like how they even, the one thing I appreciate about Dave Filoni is his um, adherence to uh, canon. And, you know, when Obi-Wan says, Obi-Wan Kenobi, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time in A New Hope. In Rebels, Ezra doesn't call him Obi-Wan Kenobi. He calls him Master Kenobi. 
And so just little things yeah. like that, that keep with the continuity, I thought was really great. Um, and then just having the, sh the fight be very short because I don't think it was, because the fight wasn't about them fighting, you know, it wasn't about the duel. It was about them getting closure on their moment. And like, um, Jason said, you know, to have him do the quiet, the Qui-Gon move and then just have it be over like that and them have that just real emotional moment. One of the things I love about Obi-Wan is that even in his enemies, he sees their humanity and he sees them as, you know, people, you know, a lot of times you can get people who are fighting their enemies and they think they're the worst, but, you know, Obi-Wan mm -hmm. sees them as equals and sees who they are and what they have gone through to get there. And he respects that. You know, he may not agree with it, but he respects that. And I think that's very clear in that moment with Maul. And I thought it was just very well done. Dude, there was a there was a level of compassion for for Maul almost from Obi Wan. Like he mm -hmm. he felt set, sorry for him because of like just how crazy he's been. I think he saw what he could have been. Yeah, you know, Maul was abandoned by his master. Mm -hmm. And Obi-Wan, again, sure. going back to almost not having a master and having mm -hmm. his master die, you know, he, he saw, you know, he, I think he sees a little bit of himself in like Ventress and Maul. You know, he sees what he could have been and <laughs> that's, he can kind of reach their humanity like that. Can, can we just talk about the, the genius behind like, the episode was named Twin Sons. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's so, I don't know, they, they, there's so much like beauty and poetry in how they do these uh, you know, season seven of Clone Wars, we had the uh, the Phantom Apprentice uh, as an episode, yeah. and like, just like just these, I don't know, genius names. Um, I actually have uh, I, I got a quote uh, uh, our our boy Element Seven here, who's who's in the the chat, and he says, um, Obi Wan's skills as a duelist far extend past the saber mastery. It's why his resolve is so sound. And, uh, and he doesn't turn to the dark side. His self-awareness and enemy awareness well, was on par with Windu. And we see that, we see that a lot because he was a completely defensive fighter, but he outsmarted each and every one of his enemies. But the thing I, I think makes him, in my opinion, um, and some people make arguments for Qui-Gon or for Ahsoka, but what I think makes Obi-Wan the quintessential Jedi is that, is that compassion that you were talking about, Holly. He, he cradles Maul the same exact way that he cradled Satine, and he cradled Satine the same exact way that he cradled Qui-Gon. Um, and that's, and that's, that's who he is. He had to balance... Like, if, if I were to draw a, uh, a Venn diagram <laughs> of... Um, that would be Qui-Gon's um, resolve to the, to the living force and to doing what is right in the moment. And then with Yoda of trying to see the big picture and with Mace Windu and his practicality, right? Mace's downfall was he was trying to serve the Republic because the Republic could do the greatest good at the moment, which is off, but if you draw a Venn diagram between those three areas, I kind of feel like that's where Obi-Wan lived. Um, and he kind of embodied, you know, what's right, what needs to be done in this moment, and what needs to be done for the bigger, for the bigger picture. Um, 
so yeah, that's uh, much beyond. But well, all right, so we we jump into uh, a, a New Hope, and that's when we actually get full on Alec Guinness. Um, I didn't get to see a New Hope in, in theaters, um, but I got to see the re-release, uh, the, yes. the special edition, and in theaters, and that that was a magical moment of mine because uh, for me, I grew up with a VHS tape of Empire Strikes Back. Um, <laughs> so that's where Star Wars started for me. I watch it so much that the tape physically broke, like the, the tape ripped um, from, from wear and tear. So yeah, it was, it was magical to me because I hadn't seen A New Hope nearly as many times. And it's, it's kind of what, what led up. Cause, um, but yeah, A New Hope, we get old Ben doing his thing. Uh, I'll start with, with Pat on this one. Um, it was, uh, geez, um, trying to think of the words. Um, and did he, did he recognize, uh, R2? (laughs) uh, Yes, he did. Um, (laughs) I have to say, I'm sorry. But it was good to, cause he, oh, geez, I'm trying to think of the words. Can't words. Um, he was just that, that old sage. Um, he appears to save Luke, screaming like the Saiyan people. Um, <laughs> and we get the we get the the original hello there. Um, mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Okay, this is this is your time, Luke. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna go. We're we're gonna start training you." And he gets short a short brief stint of training on the Millennium Falcon, and then it, it, he will. Jeez, uh, trying to think of. He no, was it's just, cool. We can come back. Yeah, it's 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 hard to think about what he, because it was just the end of him and the, the 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 dialogue between Vader and him was just seeing the prequels and they just it means it meant it added to the feelings I felt at the end of A New Hope. Like this is the last time we're gonna talk. Like Obi Wan knows he's gonna he's not gonna make it off the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Even Vader even said like he's not planning on escaping with them because he knows that this is going to be the last meeting between them so it was just it was it, the prequels added to that and it was beautiful yeah i agree and holly um i've always been fascinated with like the old wise you know sage characters like gandalf and merlin and you know those are always my favorite growing up so when my uncles were like all right we're gonna watch star wars and they sat down and they put on a new help uh obi-wan was like on immediately i was like that's my favorite character. I love that guy. And so just to kind of see his character go throughout. And at the time, you know, when I was watching it, you don't really realize the, the significance of him confronting Vader. And my uncle's like, okay, this is what happened with this guy. And this is what happened. You know, my uncle's explaining everything as we were watching. And, you know, now that I've seen, now when I went and saw the prequels, and then I went and watched A New Hope again, it just made it even even more so um but yeah i i just remember watching it and you know him pulling his hood back and hello there and i was like that is the star wars gandalf and i he's my favorite i will take it. <laughs> star wars gandalf <laughs> <laughs> well, he's just you know? a crazy old wizard exactly exactly <laughs> and i love that and i absolutely think that he recognized um r2 but he was not telling a lie from a certain point of view no. <laughs> and Jason? Um, you know, again, 
growing up with it, uh, being old as almost dirt, we didn't have YouTube back then. We didn't have social media. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't released on VHS for a very long time. It wasn't released on HBO or TV for a very long time. So our only Star Wars fix we can get were the trading cards or, or books or, you know, picture books. And I remember the, the two trading cards I didn't like, you know, when you get the pack and you open it, the two cards I didn't like the most was um, Alec Guinness and Peter Cushing. But years later, you know, and as an adult, I'm like, those were, to get those two actors to be in this mm -hmm. unknown movie with an unknown director is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, I think my headphones are fine. Um, so, he just brings so much to this. Uh, you know, I, when Hansel calls him an old fossil, you know, you think back to Attack of the Clones where he was, he could probably take Han Solo in a bar fight or something. Yeah. He's not an old fossil. Um, there's just so much to him that Alec Guinness brought. Uh, I have a fan. I have my own fan theory, and you guys can all disagree with me. But uh, I think that Obi-Wan and Vader meet one more time between Revenge of the mm -hmm. Sith and A New Hope. And it's awesome. just because at some point Obi Wan has to realize that um, Vader, Anakin's still alive, mm -hmm. and so yeah. I'm just yeah. curious what that is like. And um, and you know, Vader says you shouldn't have come back. At some point, Vader must have said, "Hey, by the way, you have my lightsaber. Uh, give it to my son." I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of things that happened in the original trilogy. You know, Obi Wan once thought you did. You never saw that. I, I think there's a lot. I, I feel like there's mm -hmm. one more chance meeting, but I, I could be wicked wrong on that. But hopefully, again in the show, uh, mm -hmm. they'll explore that. Uh, but there is going to be a point in time where he's like, "Oh my God, he's not dead!" And "Oh my God, he's now a metal monster." So, um, but yeah, Alec Guinness, he created the role, and um, like we said, Ewan owns it and he made it his own, but. It originated with Alec Guinness, so I, I, I do love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's, it had to, I, I don't know, I mean, Alec performance, again, that, that's what informed us of, of what a Jedi was. But um, what I think a lot of people do is when they think of a character, they think of a specific time in that character's life um, and kind of like project that onto them. But we have to remember that this Obi-Wan had already gone through the point, you know, if you saw season six of the Clone Wars, you saw that Yoda went and found out that, you know, as a Jedi, he had been denying all of his darkness and all this stuff. And he faced it and he defeated it and then instructed Obi-Wan to go and do the same. And so at right. this time, Obi-Wan is the most complete that he's ever been. And in little things like, um, you know, my, my first TikTok that went big was, um, did Obi-Wan remember R2-D2? And of course, he, he, he never said that he didn't. He said, right. droid? I've, I don't seem to recall owning a droid. And, you know, he, perf he said everything that he needed to say to Luke if he had said right there, oh, yeah, your dad, he's Vader. He's the big bad guy in the galaxy. Luke would have been like, you know what? 
I'm going home. Uh, I gotta, I gotta go. And if Luke went home early, he would have been killed. You know. Uh, you guys ever hear the? Uh, sorry, go on, Ben. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Did you guys ever hear the fan theory that Obi Wan slaughtered the Jawas, and so that's where he was when? So he was coming back and slaughtering the Jawas. I, I didn't make this up. I don't believe the theory. I'm just saying it's a theory that that's out there. That Obi-Wan slaughtered the Jawas, then he was making his way back, and that's when he met Luke, and then they come across the Jawas, and um, and uh, the fan theory even says that Obi-Wan killed Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru to give <laughs> Luke no reason to stay behind. I don't believe this theory, but you guys can Google it. It's not yeah. my theory. But. So I actually can tell you that that theory wouldn't be canon because um, uh, the the book from a certain point of view, which a, it's it's a bunch of short stories that span the entirety of A New Hope from different characters' point of views. Um, a lot of that book is terrible. <laughs> so I, I don't recommend it. But there is a short story in that that's called Master and Apprentice. It's also written by Claudia Gray, uh, not to be confused with the book Master and Apprentice, but it is like that. So that whole book has like three incredible stories, and this is one of them. And it is Qui-Gon's Force Ghost appearing to Obi-Wan just before um, he has to go out and, and rescue Luke in A New Hope. Okay. And it's told from Qui-Gon's point of view. And like Qui-Gon is part of the cosmic force right now. So, right? so, you know, once you have seen the world between worlds and rebels, you know that, you know, time isn't a, a thing. It, all of this is happening concurrently. And so Qui-Gon knows that Obi-Wan is going to die very soon as he's talking to him. It's just such a beautiful story. Highly recommend checking it out. But um, in it, you know, um, Obi-Wan does make it clear that he senses, he recognizes uh, Luke. He recognizes everyone's presence before they even get to the point of him going out to save them. And he knows that his role in this is is beginning now. And it's... Uh, you know what? I'm just going to send that short story to all of you guys because it's, it's so oh, good. Yeah, I totally want to read it. Um, all right, so... Uh, and, and I apologize for, for keeping you guys long, um, but I, I do want to talk about a couple more things, right? Because that's not the last time we see Obi-Wan. We can kind of collapse the, the next two movies in, into, into one with um, Force Ghost Obi-Wan popping up in Empire and, um, and Jedi. Uh, and this is... So Empire and Jedi were my two favorite... Jedi was my favorite movie for a very, very long time. And then eventually Empire and Jedi swapped. Um, but God, I, I love them so much. But yeah, we, we get a little, little bit more Obi-Wan. Um, and let's also toss, <laughs> toss in Force Ghost and A New Hope as well, because he does speak to Luke. Uh, I want to hear your guys' kind of thoughts on uh, the Force Ghost life. Uh, I'll start with, with Pat. Um, I think it was, it was cool to see it as a kid, like this, he was, he was a ghost just walking, walking around Dagobah, and then he, you know, he gets tired and sits on a log. Um, uh, but it was good to see him still mentoring Luke, even after the fact of him, you know, becoming one with the Force. Um, 
but he, yeah, like he, like he, like he said, a new hope. He said, "I'll always be, I'll, you know, always be with you." So it was cool to. He was still going to be with Luke, even after it. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I said. If you struck me down, I'll become more powerful than you can possibly yeah. imagine. And by being struck down, he became the architect of Vader's. I was going to say destruction, but also uh, return. <laughs> you know, Return of the Jedi. That was Anakin's return. So, uh, but uh, Holly. Um, yeah, I think that the addition of the Force Ghost was really cool, and especially since he was my favorite character when I was watching him. I was like, oh my god, he's dead! And then he came back as the Force Ghost. I was like, okay, we're good. I'm, I'm glad for that, you know. Um, but I think I think it was an important addition because it is Obi Wan. It is you know Vader's master. It, it is. Um, almost like Luke's link to his father and to his his father's past and you know that kind of thing you know and you know just like he said he only says exactly what he needs to say you know and I know a lot of people especially you know in the last one give Obi-Wan a lot of flack for telling uh, Anakin to go kill his dad you know and stuff like that but I feel like he's he knows what he needs to say to get a the reaction that he wants from Luke or not necessarily get the reaction, but to motivate Luke in the way that he needs to be motivated. And, you know, Obi-Wan's kind of like, okay, I've, I've been through this with the Skywalker boy. I got this, you know, I know how to, I know how to, how to handle this. And I think having him be a force ghost was a really cool. Addition. Yeah. And, um, well, I mean, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go to, go to Jason. Um, I don't have, really have uh, too many opinions on uh, Ghost Kenobi. Uh, I'm sure when Hayden Christensen appeared next to him, he a Jedi, he's like, what, I could have came back as you and McGregor? But yeah, I just think, um, you know, again, we see some reckless stories from Obi-Wan, you know, when Yoda's like, you know, he, I think Yoda says he's he's reckless and impatient, and Obi Wan so is I, if you remember, which we never really saw in super young Obi Wan. So, um, you know, he played a, a great mentor. I always had a lot of questions about Ghost Obi Wan, like you know, like we can't help you, um, you know, we can't, Yoda and I can't help you. Uh, there's a meme out there about how like no one warned Luke about Force Lightning. Um, <laughs> There's uh, just. <laughs> there's like, you gotta give me a heads up, uh, man. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, I think, um, I, I think, how I said it, that. Um, still was the old sage. So he, um, he was still there to train Luke as, as, as time went by. Um, I don't know when that connection ended, uh, but it was cool to hear them use Alec McGinnis. Alec McGinnis. Alec Guinness's voice in uh, Force Awakens, though. As, oh, yeah. uh, and have the ghost say, yeah, they took afraid and they cut it in half so he could say Ray. And um, and I, I thought that was cool. Because I mean, I recognized it right away. I'm like, oh my God, they, they, that was Alec Guinness. And, um, and obviously they brought it back again in uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I, I mean, especially like when he, so when he first pops up, as a um, force ghost to while Yoda is, is talking because Yoda is talking 
to Luke and then Luke's like, come on, like, let's find, let's find this Yoda. Like I need, just take me to him right now. And Yoda just drops the veil of this like pretend mm-hmm. person that he's being. And it's like, I can't train him. He's not, he's impatient and he's rash. And he's like, well, was I no different? Right. <laughs> like, and that conversation, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just so, uh, it's, it's really cool to me. Um, additionally, uh, like you said, Pat, he walks in, brushes aside the trees, and then sits on a log. So, for the love of God, Force Ghost can interact with the physical yes. world. <laughs> yes. The very first time we ever see it, they do. <laughs> um, uh, and then the you know conversation that that boy is our only hope. I, mean, I was like, no, there is there's another, and of course. We know that there there uh, there are some other plans afoot there, but we know what our, our canon <laughs> decision was of that being Leia. Um, I don't, it's just it's just really really powerful, and then we we get to hear his voice in in Ray, so it it kind of feels like through the cosmic force, Ray was their end game all along, and they needed the correct things to happen. In a certain order for this to all be available at, at the, the right time at the culmination of, of all this stuff and um, I don't know I just I just love it it just it just means a lot to me um, so I feel that Obi-Wan Kenobi was what a Jedi should be so I, I kind of want to fold the, the last two points in, into one so um, I want to go around and ask you guys what should a Jedi be, and how has Obi-Wan affected your life? Oh, goodness gracious. And we'll start with Jason. Um, well, I mean, there's another internet meme out there that says something like, Obi-Wan is an amazing pilot who hates to fly, uh, a negotiator uh, that has no equal, and a great swordsman who would rather sit in a cave and meditate. So, mm-hmm. um I think you and Mc, uh, no, was uh, Rich McKellum describes Obi Wan as just a gentle soul. Um, so you see that a lot that you McGregor and Alec Guinness uh, brings to the character. He he doesn't want to fight. He's had such a hard life. Uh, he lost Satine, um, all his friends, the whole Jedi Order of the Republic. He's been duped. Um, and uh, as Pat said, he said, uh, you know, look what look what has become of you. And he said, you know, look what I've risen above. Mm-hmm. And so I think a Jedi should be um, someone who's compassionate, um, doesn't fall to anger. Um, yeah, so I, I do think Obi-Wan was just the greatest Jedi. As far as how uh, Obi-Wan's affected uh, my life, um, my social media wouldn't be the same without him, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I, 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 so again, being in the Star Wars costume clubs like the Revolution to Five O First, obviously the characters who get the most love are face uh, are helmet characters: Vader, <laughs> Stormtroopers, Boba Fett. They look like they came off the screen. Um, now and then, Ray a Chewie gets huge love. Ray, you know, we have a lot of great Rays in the clubs, and she gets so much love. Um, you know with being Obi-Wan, sometimes I get called Han Solo, which I don't really understand, but being, uh, it's 
Okay, so people call me Han Solo is usually the mom of a star of a kid who likes Star Wars and she doesn't really know, and she's like, "Oh, look, it's Han Solo." But um, so for me, I, I do love playing Obi Wan, and a lot of my friends say I do encompass the character. You know, like we're at a hockey game for Star Wars night. Like you know, I'll always bow in front of anyone who wants to pose <laughs> for a picture with us. Uh, again, I do my best impression that I can. Um, uh, sometimes at a con, like a kid will chase after me. And I'm like, I'm so sorry to bother you, but I can get a picture. I'm a huge Obi-Wan fan. I'm like, oh my God, absolutely. Uh, we did a, hospital, a children's hospital visit and this kid uh, was a huge Obi-Wan fan and a nurse came to get me. She's like, this kid's a huge Obi-Wan fan. Uh, he'd like to meet you. And so as I'm going there, I'm like, oh my God, do I stay in character or do I not? And I decided not. And we just talked about how awesome Obi-Wan was. But then we visited his room and uh, I said, hey, you know, do you want to hold my lightsaber? And I have a, a lightsaber a company called Roman Props, and it's got some weight to it. It's probably like maybe two and a half, three pounds. And it had a short in it, so when it was on, it vibrated a little. <laughs> and I handed that kid that lightsaber. Uh, you know, we, we disinfected it before we handed it. But when I handed it, his face just lit up. And you could just tell he was just <laughs> like so in complete awe that he's like, I'm, and it's, screen, it's super screen accurate. And you could tell he's like, oh, my God, I'm holding Obi-Wan's lightsaber this is amazing so uh for me it, it i it, all seriousness aside I, I do love playing him i do love when i do find that obi-wan fan at a con or an event or a children's hospital it just makes me so happy and i just yeah. love like, to bring that happiness to those people stars is so much more than than just a movie franchise you know like it, it's become more than it's it's gone outside of itself to be more so it's beautiful yeah, ab absolutely. Uh, and and I mean, while we're on you, Pat, <laughs> your, yeah. your thoughts on um, Jedi above all should be protectors. They 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 never go out of their way to to attack somebody and try and go to kill somebody. Like Obi Wan's stance, his fighting style, by definition, is defensive. He's never on the offensive to attack somebody. He instead of continuing to fight Vader, he stalled to let the let Han, Luke and Leia and Chewie and the droids get off the Death Star and Luke in The Last Jedi did exactly what Obi-Wan did. He stalled enough to allow the resistance to escape. They're not they don't go out of their way to attack people. So um and even with how he protected he he protected Luke from his his uh lineage like and Leia like but not telling him that, that Vader was his father like he, he lied about what he was basically to protect him from, 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 yeah. Um, but I guess what ha has Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan's been in my life since before I can remember, like my memory ain't so good, but I remember nothing but watching Empire Strikes Back over and over and over again. And it, and all the, the, the original trilogy, it's just, he's, he's, he's all reliable, he's always, yeah. always there. Always there helping people, always there seeing the best in people. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a good way to live your life is to see the best in people. And so he's, he's, he's such a great character. And this world wouldn't be the same without him in it. So I agree. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And uh, Holly? Um, I guess a Jedi to me would be someone who has balance, someone who can see both sides of themselves, you know, like can see their darkness and their light and, and kind of operate in between, you know, 
and someone who is also a peacekeeper. You know, I mean, Mace Windu himself said, you know, we're keepers of the peace. And I think that's what Jedi were intended to be. You know, they were the mediators, the people that helped to negotiate. They were the in-between person, you, you know, they weren't on a side. And I think ultimately that's where the Jedi aired is when they picked a side, you know, their, their main purpose as, uh, I guess, as a whole is to, to be peacekeepers, to be mediators. But a Jedi individually, I think the, I guess the perfect Jedi um, would be balanced. And I feel like Obi-Wan is one of the Jedi that gets the closest to that, if not exactly that. Um, and as far as what he means to me, um, you know, like, like Pat said, you know, he's been in my life for since I was 10 years old, you know, when I sat down, watched him with my, my uncles and, you know, just decided that he was my favorite character. And um, so I feel like a lot of, I feel like a lot of times you take characters and you try and learn things from their own, from their journeys and apply it to your life. And I feel like a lot of times he, his character has taught me to look at situations and try and come at them from a peaceful and maybe a little bit humorous point of view and try and come at them in a way that is beneficial for everyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, for, for me, again, you know, Obi-Wan has always been a part of my life as well. And um, thinking back, unknowingly, I've actually modeled quite a bit after Obi-Wan, where what I try to do is, is achieve that, that piece. And um, here in the Star Wars community, if I could share to you guys half of the amazing and positive messages that I've gotten just from starting a Star Wars TikTok where I explain things and I stand up for people and try to make a, a safe space for people to be fans and love what they love. Um, you know, and that, that to me is Obi-Wan, is looking at Maul and understanding that uh, the only reason that this guy survived being cut in half is because of his hatred of you. You know what I mean? I don't know if you guys played Coder 2, like Darth Sion lived on hate. <laughs> you know. But that's that's what what sustained Maul. And uh Obi-Wan understood, hey, you know, there's very few actual villains in our world. Everyone is the hero of their own story. And if you can understand that, then you might be able to reach them. And if you can't reach them, protect the people that you love and that's that's what it is and even if these people don't agree with you even when maul died he still cradled him just the same and that's that's what obi-wan is that's what i strive to be and that's why i love the character so that's my two cents <laughs> absolutely agree oh. yeah. Um, all right so we have our final lightning round right so we have the talks of the Obi-Wan series um, it being one season potentially yeah. uh, so I, I want to find out from everyone 
A, what do you guys want to see from Obi-Wan going forward? And B, do you have any closing remarks? And where can we find you? Where can we find your content? And I uh, started with Pat last time. So Holly? Um, well, for the Kenobi series, um, I would really like to see him confront his dark side. Because, you know, he went straight to being a knight. He didn't have to do the, the trials. And part of the trials is confronting your dark side. Also, we get to see in Clone Wars where um, Yoda basically confronted his dark side. So I would really, really like to see Obi-Wan be able to do that. And I would love for it to be undistinguishable from light side Obi-Wan. I would love for that for it to look and just be like, oh, they look exactly the same except one has yellow eyes. You know, <laughs> I just feel like that would be really great. Um, uh, and again, I would love for a lot of flashbacks with um, Anakin and Obi-Wan. I mean, I know that Star Wars isn't super big on flashbacks, but I would love to see as many as we as many as we can. Um, that would just that would be awesome. I'm kind of bummed that it's only going to be one season, but in the same light, I would rather it be short and good than long and the material stretched, you know? So, yeah. Um, oh, and I am on Instagram and TikTok under Holly Dean. It's my, it's the same TikTok, same on Instagram. And then I, my Twitter is Diagon Holly. Okay, beautiful. And I keep, I kept calling you Holly Dean and I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay, everybody does it. <laughs> It's totally fine. <laughs> um, uh, Listen, my own family has called me Holly. Jane, so <laughs> you're good. You're, you're totally good. Um, I mean, I think I said before the things I want to see, definitely flashbacks. Um, it'd be cool to see Cody somehow. Um, maybe some resolution there. Um, I think it's supposed to take place, what, three, six years after Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, uh, that's what I read. Yeah, it, I, I think it would be neat to see Obi-Wan realizing Anakin's still alive. Um, everyone's been calling him Ben, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. um, no one, they yeah. shouldn't really mention the name Obi-Wan at that point, because uh, it's been in such a long time since he's heard that name. So, uh, I don't know. Um, I'm keeping an open mind. I, I also think it can go on more than seasons, but money talks, right? If it's a huge success, I'm oh, sure they'll say, totally. hey, uh, you know, we thought it over and um, yeah, we're going to do another season. So uh, I'm sorry, we've gotten <laughs> enough money. Um, <laughs> yeah, <right. stop>. Exactly. <laughs> we're done with the money. Thank you. Right. Uh, I'm full. So, uh, <laughs> there's, there's been a bunch of fan films that have also explored Kenobi on Tatooine. So um, I hope they keep it original. Um, it's just gonna, it's just gonna be interesting to see how uh, him broken, being a broken man and just rising above it all. Um, I hope they throw in some humor, some Ewan McGregor humor in there. Um, I hope, um, yeah, so we'll see, uh, you know, uh, there's a comic book I think out that, uh, Uncle Owen and Ben, uh, Ben getting a bit of, uh, they, they argue all the time because he, you know, Ben is trying to protect Luke from, uh, that yeah. is also or it might be a novelization that Obi-Wan visits Shmi's grave and yeah. apologizes for losing Anakin to the dark side. So we'll see if all that makes it into uh, the show. Uh, as far as uh, where to find me, um, I'm on Instagram and just joined TikTok in the spring, uh, both the same name and it's Lebo, L-E-B-O. -E -B 
B-O underscore Juan underscore Kenobi. So it's Libo Juan Kenobi with underscores between yes. the, uh, the words. And um, yeah, I come look me up. So that's, that's it. Perfect. And, uh, and Pat? Um, what I would like to see is even being three to six years in the, the future, I just want to see how he's de- like, like having nightmares about Anakin and dealing with that whole Order 66 and just, yeah, really going into, into, into that. Um, maybe that would be like his dark side thing is to deal with like the ghost of, An- like the ghost of Anakin, like hovering over him the whole time. Um, and to see like what they do with, with Luke. Like a how he how he interacts with with a, know, a toddler infant Luke at that point, <laughs> just to see that whole dynamic, and yeah. the ways he like stays in the background but still kind of like saves him from or like pushes him in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, what, what were you gonna say? Oh, I, it, in in the comics, there's just like a a couple things like that I, I do really want to see because, uh, like he makes a deal with the Jawas. And so the draw was make sure that they bring their best stuff to the Owens farm. Um, And just, there's, there's a a bunch of like little, little things like that. Um, What you had mentioned, uh, Jason, about him visiting Shmi's grave is part of the, the Ahsoka novel. It's actually included in that. And it's, it is, it's, it's super solid. Uh, But there is a novel for Obi-Wan by John Jackson Miller um, that uh, I believe you've read, Holly, when mm-hmm. I first talked to you yeah, months ago, mm-hmm. um, where th- that's exploring his life at that same time. It was really good and like why he, where he was at first trying to get involved. You know, he's been a hero. You've been a hero your entire life and you've trained to be a hero yeah. to protect all these people. And knowing that I can't save these people because I need to protect this one mm-hmm. you know and when Maul pops up he says hey, is this a chosen one and yes yes it is and you know we know Anakin is a chosen one but from Obi-Wan's point of view Obi-Wan saw Anakin fall murder all of the Jedi you know mm-hmm. of course Obi-Wan fully believes that Luke is the, is the chosen one. Uh, th- there's there's a lot of really cool themes that they can play with. And of course, like you said, flashbacks, because I just, you know, we need more Hayden Christensen. That's just, that's just facts. You know, I, I'm not making that up. So. <laughs> could you, could you imagine like somehow Bail Organa makes his way to Tatooine and like infant Luke and infant Leia like pass each other in like a crowd and it's like, oh! <laughs> I would love to see Space Jimmy Smith's and more stuff. I hope yeah. Heck yeah. In the Cassian show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'd, yeah I'd watch a, a Space West Wing. But I guess where to find me, I'm on TikTok, Slapknot84. Um, uh, the links are all in my bio. Uh, I actually just joined a podcast with two other, three other creators called The Rank of Master. And we post like a, a video a week on YouTube, so there's also that. Oh, cool! Oh yeah, awesome! Yeah, be sure to send me the links and stuff, and I, I'm going to put mm-hmm. all of your guys' links in the comments here, and then your TikTok and Instagram names. If you've mentioned them, I'll, I'll put them up here so I, everyone can find you guys. But 
yeah thank you so much for for joining me um this has been super fun i don't know yeah. the first time i ever created content was in in may it was like two days before may 4th and i've just been having so much fun talking about talking with other star wars fans about star wars about the things that they love and it's it's just the best so i love your you i really love me. your i really love your positivity i think the Absolutely. first TikTok that i found of yours was um and i favored it and i even duetted it and i didn't say anything it was um if you like ray better than ahsoka you know, here are the reasons why, oh. and, and you're like, I'm just kidding. If you have to tear down a character to say your character's better, it's just yeah. not worth it. And I'm like, this this guy is awesome, and, <laughs> and that was the one I became an instant fan with. Yeah. So not, I really like your work, so keep up the good work. Agreed. Yeah, the first so, one I found of yours was when you were talking it. about Captain Pananka, and I had <laughs> never heard that, and I was like, oh my gosh, who is this guy? He's Stop trying giving to make me, me some tea. I need to... <laughs> I know, it was so sad. As soon as I saw, as soon as I found, I, I, you popped up on my For You page, I instantly like followed and then I saw that there was a podcast and I was like, let me watch. And I was like, I'm going to, like, I just mess, I had to message you and be like, can I get on? Like, just to be able to talk Star Wars with three people that love Star Wars as much as, as me is, is exciting to me. So it's, it's, I was, I was, as soon as you messaged me back, I, I, I was at work and I just stopped working. I was like, I can't. <laughs> I, I I I got on the podcast. Like uh, this is so cool. I was texting all my friends. I was like, dude, yeah, made it. They're like, dude, that's awesome. So I have a bunch of my. I, I met. I messaged everybody your your Twitch, and I was like, get in here and, and say what's up. Or so I have. You know, it's it, it's it's the Star Wars community is just awesome. Some people yeah. bring it down, but it's 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 like I said, it's just so much more than a movie. Now, I agree. It, it is so much more of a movie, more than a movie, and uh, for for the positive creators and people creating, you know, people wanting to talk about it, it's it's like we heard in Rise of Skywalker, right? There's more of us, mm-hmm. you know. We we just we, we can't let them separate us, and so, and that's 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 why I do this, and I, I, I love you guys so much, <laughs> but uh, may the force be with you, always. Yeah.